Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Extreme Exchange. This time it's the beginning of season three. Not sure when the other episodes are going to come, but uh, yeah, for now you can enjoy this first episode. Today, today I'm talking with uh, a good friend, Joshua Wee, uh, in the army context. He is second lieutenant Joshua Wee, uh, and the reason I'm talking to him today um, is because well, we both went through about three months worth of, uh, um, I would say, in, an instructor experience where we got to. Uh, teach the Air Force officer cadets. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's safe to say it was a pretty uh, good experience for the both of us. Uh, yeah, and I'm here today to talk about a pretty interesting topic that I would like him to weigh on because we were both we were both there when it happened. So yeah, Joshua, you want to say hi? Yeah, hi. And now I'm famous. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, anyway, just to give a brief context, um, yeah, we, we just finished uh, the Cadets Summex, which is the summary exercise of the whole thing. And uh, yeah, I wanted to reflect on something that happened. So, but before we get into that, um, yeah, I want to ask you, I mean, what are your general thoughts about how um, Summex went? Well, I thought it was pretty intense for an average uh, Air Force Summex, especially. It was pretty, hmm. it's pretty legit. Um, but I guess that's mainly because this time around, the, the Cadets were were also pretty legit and mm. they knew what they were doing and so we pushed them off so yeah I think something was pretty fun but mostly for us la. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's definitely different on the instructor side uh, being at least more in control <laughs> not the one facing the floor most of the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean um, I must say I agree with you when, I, when, when we said that they had a much tougher experience than what we had when we were cadets mainly because uh, we decided to push them a lot harder because they were actually an ups course. So we wanted to see how far they could go. La. And then we oh, we made life a bit more difficult for them. We screamed at them a little bit more to see how they would react in those situations. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so to get to it, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing that really caught my attention during uh, Samex, right, was... Um, it was kind of the fact that the instructors were... Okay, and I hope the cadets don't hear this. Or rather, <laughs> they hear this after they commission. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I noticed that they were deliberately trying to um, criticize the way they did things, or, or at least put them down la, in a way that was intentionally discouraging um, so as to, uh, I don't know, train them and, and build up their character. La. Um, and, and I just felt like... That, I mean, I didn't really know how to feel about it because a bit, I was a bit uncomfortable with being untruthful as to how well they were performing. Um, but at the same time, I acknowledged the, the benefits la, of um, putting them down temporarily so that they push themselves. Yeah, so, I mean, do you notice the same thing? Or it's just me? Yeah, definitely. You no, know, the first time I noticed it was when they gathered uh, when was when uh, all the fire unit commanders and the detachment commanders together and then he basically just destroyed them like shouted at them like are you sure you can do this during your SAMEX you know about these standards um, and and I was quite taken aback because I genuinely thought that uh, all of them had done a pretty decent job you know of mm. uh, the first mission and uh, so I, I approached uh, Captain like privately after that after the, the, the destroying and I asked him, like, you know what, what actually did y'all score them for? I thought it was pretty legit. And he replied with the most, like, odd answer like, I've ever, like, uh, I've ever heard. He said, yeah, it's true, they, they really didn't do very much wrong, but sometimes as an instructor, you got to paint a picture that 
you know, paint a picture and tell a story, you know, that mm, yeah. uh, they, are, they are messed up, you know, and, and they don't know what they're doing. Um, because what we're training here is not just their air defense ops, which is true, their air defense ops were very solid and they were competent, um, but also their officership, you know, how much mm. they can handle the pressure and take all that, that destroying and the beating and, and how much they can still stand up in the face of uh, all that stress. And, yeah. I, and I, in that moment, I thought, it, I thought it made sense, you know, I thought it made sense. So yeah, I, I've definitely seen that. Um, and I was I was convinced, but at the same time, a little bit conflicted, like you said. Hmm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, part of the reason why it makes sense, and, and the part of the reason why I also agree that sometimes it's such an approach is, is has its value, la, is because the normal way that you um, facilitate character development is you put people through tough times. And so, like, like let's say for infantry, for example, you would put them on like a, a really long route march or, or many days in the jungle. Yeah. Uh, right. And then, so these tough times include uh, opportunities for failure because if there are no, if, if there's no opportunity for failure, then it's not a tough time because there's no stress. Um, but with that stress and failure also comes potential for growth and humility. La. And then this it also like has a, a, an element of camaraderie with it. Like it promotes camaraderie among comrades and then it pushes you to your limits and helps you to reach your potential and then um and i think well, this is a very well-known uh, concept and it's almost essential in a part of human development which is having to go through suffering in order to um, grow yeah but but the question like like it becomes murky when you have to um, manufacture this sense of failure uh, because mm-hmm. yeah, right. like in the name of uh, character development, would you lie to somebody uh, by saying that they're they're trash, they're horrible, they just suck, um, so that they would, uh, in response, rise up from this, like, <laughs> this this level that they're not even at, and then push themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true, you know, like, uh, like there's a very clear distinction. Okay, not, not a very clear distinction, actually. You're right, it's quite murky because there are times when uh, it, it is and very obviously few manufactured. Like when they give AOP, you know, the, mm-hmm. like the presentation, and then the instructors just find like tiniest of things to pick at. And the one thing I hated was whenever the instructors would say, you show this one simulated, you know, the whole split partially simulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thing that people always just pick on and it was just so dumb hmm. uh, and that, that's the time when I think it's very clear that it was just manufactured hmm. and didn't really make any sense to me uh, especially for our course la, like our AOP with hmm. I mean that was clearly really really dumb he's just intentionally just trying to find things to, to, to pick on us for um, but then there are, there are times when it's uh, when it seems more legit and I guess that comes down to as an instructor what's your your level of competency how you're able to well I suppose put it Paint, paint the picture, but but paint it well, you know, such that it doesn't seem like you're just trying to pick on stupid small things. Um, mm. But I see the intention behind it. Uh. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think picking on small things, the intention is just to see how you would react. But at the same time, like if it's a really unreasonable thing to react to, then you can't expect them to give a coherent answer because, I mean, it's exactly, so yeah. insignificant. Yeah, and, and I mean... The thing that uh, Captain does also with giving you a really unrealistic scenario to see how you react. And then, mm. like, I mean, it's a lose-lose situation because no matter what answer you give, it's, it's always just a... Like, like if, you respond, if you respond, there's always something wrong with your response. So there's always something to Correct, yeah. rebut you with. 
I mean, you just be like, oh yeah, shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's no this choice. Kind of whole game also, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's yeah, intentional. That's, that's the thing. That's kind of. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It, it, but wow. he just happens to blow to blow it up, you know. Hmm. Correct. Like, uh, yeah. I just, I just, yeah. I, I can't tell if um, I can't tell if it's intentional because it, it seems so second nature to them that it's like it's almost like they really mm. believe it themselves. Like they, they actually believe that um, this this scenario is the right thing to to pose to them and whatever response they give is actually wrong. Likewise with the um, with with. I mean, putting them down about how bad they are. I can't tell if they actually believe that they're bad because, um, yeah, it just, it just seems so real to me. Yeah. No, but if you think about it, right, I think it, they do think that they're bad. I, I think it, yeah. it works in a certain way that, that they don't get the affirmation uh, and maybe they don't take uh, the negative stuff to heart, but they definitely don't get the affirmation. And that's why when we sat together at the end of the course, we told them that they were really ups. There were people that were genuinely surprised. Yeah, correct. Like, like super genuinely surprised. Yeah, they they, yeah. they were like, wait, what? Wait, nah, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I, I wanted to also explore um, like the drawbacks of such an approach because if, if all goes well and it's an ideal situation and the people are positive enough to respond the correct way, then they would push themselves further and give their best uh, or rather do do better lah. but it, it's also the case that um, you could completely demoralize them to the point of uh, giving up like if they are if they were originally doing their best and they saw that they were doing their best and they thought that they were doing well objectively and then the instructors just kept on saying you guys are useless you know you don't you don't help each other you're so bad um, and then I mean the, the, the possible response to that would just be well, I mean, then I must just never be good enough, and then, then they'll just give up. Yeah. They'll be like, nah, then what's the point of trying if I'm just gonna, uh, if I'm always just a failure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's a, it's a drawback when, yeah, themselves and then they see themselves as trash, but I think the bigger drawback is when. The cadets look at the instructors and see the instructors as trash because <laughs> they have enough confidence in their own actions to doubt the words of the instructor. And it really comes down to um, that dynamic between the cadets and the instructor. Like if I was in army, right? I remember being back in CLM mm. in the in the first two weeks. Anything that any of the captains said was just gospel truth. You know, like mm. whatever they said about you, you were just trash or you didn't know what you were doing. And they had that ability to completely humiliate you, and they had the ability to just sound right mm. probably because we had so much respect for them and we didn't know like <laughs> what comparative standards we were holding so uh, for that um, that seems super super legit whereas mm. uh, over here you know the, the tables might turn and then especially for us and we ended the course having like close to zero respect for that guy yeah so, man yeah so I think that's one of the, the bigger drawbacks that uh, I feel is a, a bigger problem than uh, the cadets looking at themselves and, and having a low like, self-esteem, you know? Hmm, yeah, that's true. I think, I mean, my mindset at first was purely from the perspective of the benefit of the cadets. But when you think about, um, I guess, the instructor's point of view, like the instructor's front, yeah, if, you, if it's not well executed, it really does look quite bad on on them because then it just looks like they're just bullshitting everything. 
Um, exactly. Yeah, and then I mean, loss of confidence in your commander is always uh, a bad thing, lah. Because then, I mean, when you when you no longer respect your teacher, that's like, wow. Well, then then you've kind of lost your role model in some sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of like, wait, are you do you are you a Star Wars person? No. I think I would know. Oh, can okay. try me. I mean, <laughs> I mean. The the whole Sith thing is that they they usually kill their their master like the apprentice kills the master, and I mean yeah, it yeah. just reminds me of the fact that, um, I mean, given that the Sith represent all that is evil, then um, in some sense, the evil path is to think that you're more superior than your uh, your superior, and mm. then in some sense kill him. Metaphorically, that's it, a really it, weird analogy. <laughs> but okay, I mean <laughs> met- metaphorically killing your. Your 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 master is is just getting rid of him as a role model because you no longer see him as um, beneficial to you or even competent. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah, weird analogy, but an analogy nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think about um, what else could be wrong with such an approach because, um, yeah, I mean, th- there's just something about me that doesn't want to lie to. Uh, people like even if the even if the ends justify the means like it just feels like the means are, are too too corrupt or too uh, underhanded such that they shouldn't be used yeah I mean uh, I get what you mean even even if it's for character development um, is, is lying a, an ethical way to go about it like yeah yeah, there's definitely that 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 part of it that um, once you introduce that uh, so-called lie, right, um, to tell the colors that they're worse than what they actually are, to tell anybody they're worse than they actually are, it kind of creates a a, a sense that the absolute truth is now skewed to one mm. side that you can never really trust like um, the person's words anymore, yeah. you know, because. Uh, I mean, that's in the scenario that you can tell is an is an obvious hmm. lie, um, and and I guess it it hurts the 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 cadets like in their perception of of what actually is a good standard, you know, hmm. or a bad standard. Yeah. yeah. So that that's one thing, and of course the other thing is is the the ethical part of it, like how do how can you just completely twist the facts, uh, hmm. and. And it, it's so uh, counterintuitive that you would put them down for them to rise up, you know? Hmm. I mean, of course, there's that, um, that. That's kind of how it is in the world. If you put somebody through the dirt, then they will come up stronger. But the question is if that is actually true. La. And hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, to add to the first thing that you said, right? I realize not only does it uh, like reduce your trust in, uh, well, the reality that the. The instructors pain for you. It, it could even affect your perception of any instructors, uh, like past, present, or future. Um, like what what their criticism is of you. Because I think from, uh, I mean, me having the privilege of going through this kind of training early on, uh, it, it made me a bit more, um, I would say, aware of such tactics. As in, uh, aware of the tactic tactics that people can use to. Uh, train people in this way la. and and one of the cynical things that I used to think was that uh, no matter what the instructors would always uh, say that you are that you are bad that you um, that you are 
uh, I don't know, incompetent or not up to standard um, as a way of, of, of um, developing your character. Lah. And then, in some sense, I would become uh, very cynical of any advice that he would give at all because I would just think it's fake. Yeah. yeah. I would just say like, yeah, well, no matter what, he's just going to say this. Lah. And, and I mean, this is his job. But at the same time, I've, I've lost a bit of trust and in some sense, innocence when it comes to uh, learning in this way. Because now, if I'm actually bad, I wouldn't take it seriously. I'll just take it with a pinch of salt. And then, like you said, like, you would never know um, what the right standard is anymore. And then, I would just think everything is a... Uh, <laughs> everything is, is all fake. Like. So yeah, it's a lie. Just, yeah, everything's <laughs> a lie. Yeah. But how, how did it work on you? Like, I mean, you said that you've been through that. Yeah, I mean... Uh, before. How, how, does it actually help? Does it actually work? And push you up. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I mean, it did at the start when I was a, uh, when I was young, uh, when I, when I had to go through all this, I was like, I was so serious about it. I was like, damn, I really got to help my friends and like, we're really damn bad and, uh, oh, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it it's, for me, it, it worked like a charm because I was quite a. I mean, I, I would say lah that I'm quite an obedient person, as in like. Oh, if somebody tell me to, to if if an authority scolded me and told me to do something, I would just shut up and do it. Um, yeah, so that, that's why it worked on me last time. But uh, I realized that um, I mean, now that you asked me, uh, after a while, I I try my best to take a look at things more objectively. As in, like I think I took a look at at really were we were we meeting the standards? Were we meeting the timings? Were, were they unreasonable timings that they were giving us? And um, yeah, w- w- is it is it grounded in reality what they were saying and then based off yeah, of that yeah. I would make my analysis of whether uh, I actually needed to buck up and improve um, yeah mm. and I guess yeah, that's, that's, the, a, that's a good that's a good point yeah because one, one thing that's really important is like you mentioned the standards you know like that's why for me whenever I would want to give them whenever I want to give them shit or tell them that they're you know they're not matching up to the standard I would quote like uh, how we do in unit and mm. and for me that would be the standard for them to to meet Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was just an arbitrary thing, like if it was a, uh, oh, you know, you could be faster, you could be better, you could be stronger, you could right. deploy sooner. Uh, it's, it's so arbitrary that it doesn't really seem to have any positive effect. Whereas if you compare it to actual, an actual standard, and if, uh, especially if you're the one who's giving the, the, the criticism, comparing it to a standard rather than receiving the criticism and comparing it. Uh, I think mm. it, it makes a big difference the fact that there's actually a, a standard that's there. Like for us in at the start of army, right? There was no standard. Like we had no clue. So everything that we took, we just took the shit because uh, that would become our standard. You know, the standard of every day you just go down and then you get destroyed by the instructors. So that was the standard. Whereas, uh, like currently, you know, it's uh, the standard is quite low. <laughs> yeah. For for like this kind of course, they're really so ups. Yeah, mm. so there's always, always a standard to come up to. And another thing that you mentioned was, for yourself, you know, you you were the kind of guy that was obedient. I think it really comes down to personality, you know. Mm. Like, if it was... Or, or <laughs> any person that uh, would, uh, you know, uh, have have some kind of self-worth, uh, they, would, they would, you know, think twice about any criticism that comes their way. Mm. And it might not work well at all. In fact, they would just... Uh, take it completely negatively. Uh, whereas yeah. if you are somebody that uh, really, really wants to wants to hear other people's opinions, then maybe it will work a bit better. So I guess it depends on, on which which side or which part of the spectrum you're on. Mm. And I mean, I guess 
this spectrum is the teachability spectrum because yeah um, yeah I mean I, I think I mean that's why humility is such an important value lah, because um, with humility means that you are you're willing to to learn and to recognize your, the areas that you're not you're not so proficient in so you'll be more receptive to criticism and things like that whereas if you're more hard-headed and stubborn and uh, prideful then you would just be like no nope I'm, uh, I'm good <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I want to go back to what you said about the standard because, um, like, for things like, okay, like, for things like uh, force prep and camel on, camel off, right? Like, uh, I mean, I've had experience doing this with my primers uh, almost, like, two months ago, like, like during one of the camps. Um, and oftentimes, I would give a timing, but I would give a timing that was reasonable so that when if so that if they didn't meet it i would have every reason to score them so like let's say uh, i told them to run from one place to another if i personally felt like i could run to from there to there in two minutes i would give them two minutes and then if they don't meet the two minutes i mean it's perfectly reasonable to say well that's a reasonable standard and you didn't make it therefore i'm gonna punish you for it but the drawback with that was that they almost always made the timings. And then when they met the timings, I'd just be like, oh, um, good job, I guess. And then that's not a training camp because I, I would spend all the time just going, yeah, you know, you're good. Uh, and then, I don't know, maybe like reaffirming the, the fact that they were good when in fact they really weren't. So like th- this, this, this comes to like the, the camel on, camel off timing because realistically speaking, one minute camel on is, is just insane. Like it's, it's literally impossible. Uh, and and I mean the fact that they want to inspect after that just just adds to that lah. So like, if you are given an actually impossible timing, how can you bring yourself to scold people for not making the timing? It, it just seems incredulous to me. And yet at the same time, you take a look at how they respond to this one minute timing, and they just go at it as if it really is possible. And I mean I would too. I would still give my 100% to try and meet the timing that I know is impossible. Um, which which kind of... It's, it's, it's quite an awesome uh, phenomenon, uh, at least from my observation. It, it just seems like even though we, are, we can be aware that it's an impossible task, we would still do our best because at least in some level we recognize the benefits of pushing yourself to see how far you can go. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I have an excellent example that illustrates this. Which is, remember during Air Wing, mm. in service term, remember there was this whole thing about the one minute everything in, everything out? Yeah. The for one. the jungle survival training? Yeah, I remember we started out going like, okay, yeah, one minute in, one minute out, should be hard. Right, just spread our ground sheet and then mm-hmm. just eat everything out of the bag and then arrange it, you know? Yeah. And we told us from the start, like, you know, previous courses have done it. And that's what we tried. And I, I remember doing this like, uh, twice like in, on two separate occasions uh, one was outside airwing then the other one was at some training shed if you remember mm, yeah I remember and it was at the training shed right that timed us and as hard as we could we just could not meet the timing mm. and at the start it seemed completely reasonable we were like okay let's go we just try our best and then when we failed and we busted the timing we were still okay we were like okay we'll, we'll do this we'll do this arrangement and we ironed out things together as a course and then we went at it again and then we realized it was still impossible and after a while right we began to completely doubt the fact that it was 
yeah. you know, possible at all. It's like the 30 seconds like, deployment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we just looked around in each other and we were like, there's no way, bro. And and so after a while, even began to give up. And yeah. we completely like doubted the fact that it was possible after that. And we just didn't give in a single shit. Mm. You know, whereas I think it comes down to um, how much you put faith in the cadets that they can do it. If you can follow me, like for example, mm. right, put a lot of faith in us in the sense that he kept telling us it's possible you can do it. You just keep trying. Whereas with he gave up within three attempts, and we were just like, this guy is bullshitting. You know, there's no yeah. way he's ever seen anybody do a one minute for spread. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a there's a limit to how how you do it, and there's a point to how well you execute that uh, that pushing of standards too. Because although it seems ethically wrong. I cannot say that uh, it doesn't work well. Mm, yeah, you know, and I, yeah. I, I do think it's a, I do think to a certain extent it's a valid strategy. It's just uh, how harsh you want to be, and yet how well you want to play it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah, that's very true. I mean, well, I, I, like you can think about it this way. If, um, I mean. If the standard was uh, a two-minute camo on, for example, right, and we didn't make it the first time, we did a two-minute, fifteen-seconds camo on, and we push and push and push, and in the second try, we get two minutes. We would just be like, "Yeah, we got two minutes. That's great. We are we met a good standard." But if it was a one-minute timing, even though it was impossible, we would somehow find a way to do it in one minute and forty-five seconds, or something. And that that's evidence enough that yeah, that's what you mean. Yeah, it's evidence enough that even though it's an unrealistic goal, the fact that it's unrealistic pushes you beyond what you would normally have done, and that is, I mean, I mean, I think that's one of the most um, stunning things about like us humans, at least, like how we can push beyond what we uh, perceive to be possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's something that uh, yeah. I- yeah. There's something that Matten has told me before, which he said, he said, everybody can run one minute faster than their actual 2.4 timing. Like, no matter what. Which is, <laughs> which is like, I mean, it may not be one minute, but it's, it's a certain uh, significant amount faster. And he just says, you just have to be running for your life. Then, then you would run that, that amount longer. Yeah, you know. I think it's true though. Yeah, I guess that's that's the question about unreasonable timings and unreasonable standards that uh, that that people set. And I think the difference lies uh, the difference in an effective unreasonable timing and an ineffective unreasonable timing is uh, how how far you push it or how far you play it. You know, there there are people that would set that unreasonable timing and then just hammer it home and and keep using the unreasonable timing to make you feel like you are a complete failure. Whereas yeah. there are those people that would use the unreasonable timing to encourage you and push you until you're like almost there but not there and then they'll be like, okay, that's 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 fine. You don't have to hit it. But just know that it's possible. And mm. for the rest of your life you will forever be pushing yourself. But you won't feel that kind of crippling defeat. Because it's not like the guy destroyed you for not meeting it. It's just that he you know, he managed to cut it off somewhere while keeping that 
timing, you know, at a high standard that that uh, you would forever be wanting to push yourself to meet. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I mean, I, I, I began this conversation just to figure out what exactly is a good approach to uh, character development in this in this way, lah, which is you know the the pushing of people to their limits. Um, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you can actually make it a difficult task, which is kind of what army does. But on the other hand, you can play a somewhat psychological warfare, um, yeah, which is to psych them into thinking that they are going through something difficult, or at least not making an arbitrary standard, um, which pushes them further. Um, I mean, the, the the main question at the end of the day for me is: Is there a better way, or is this one of the, you know, or is this the only, if not the best, way to? Um, to go about doing this, yeah. Well, I think I think the best way is a is a progressive thing, you know, where you don't define the ridiculous number at the start. You just uh, decrease the timing as you go. Mm. You know, like if I was to, like if I was in BMT right, and it was my first force prep, and somebody told me that I could do a one minute everything out. I would do it, and I would do it within like five minutes. And I would look at that timing and think that is so stupid and mm. so impossible. Whereas if somebody told me that you know timing is four four minutes thirty seconds, then I'll be like okay lah, I'm I'm almost there. And mm. then when I hit that timing, it would just get like, harder and harder for me, and I would just keep pushing myself. And I don't think I would burn out. You know, I think burnout happens when you have that impossible task mm. and you just keep hammering home and you don't hit it. But if you have these bite-sized achievements along the way, then I think that's what makes it more reasonable, hmm. especially from my point of view lah, as, as an instructor, giving them like affirmation like, okay, you failed a bit, but you got this. And, you know, that that's probably to me the most ethical way of, of giving an unreasonable time that they're... To hmm. be fair, that in that moment, they're never going to hit, but they're going to get there eventually. Right, and to add that, actually, it, it could be more efficient as well because, let's say you have to cut by thirty seconds, right? You would pick one small area, or, or at least one aspect of your, uh, let's say your force prep, like your everything out, uh, and try to refine it. So you would say like, let me yeah. let me let me figure out like a, a better arrangement or a better way to take out everything from it. So then you would say, okay, instead of using one hand to take things out of the bag, I'm just gonna invert the bag and throw everything out. So. Yeah. Then you refine it by thirty seconds, and then once you push, then you say, okay, let me push you to four minutes instead. And then now with this extra, with this thirty seconds that I now need to cut, I'll pick a different aspect. So I'll say like, okay, uh, after everything is out, uh, let me arrange the things from like I don't know, biggest to smallest, for example. I mean, I don't know, easiest to grab. I don't know. Um, and then and then that would shave for thirty seconds, and then you do this like five times. And then you would have refined every aspect of uh, the force prep, and you would have hit the the seemingly ridiculous number before. But if you gave the one minute at the start, then you wouldn't know where to start. You'd just be like, "What? I have to shave off four minutes, and how am I supposed to do that?" Mm. And then, uh, yeah, it could end up becoming quite crippling and not as efficient, uh, yeah, as as it yeah. could have been. Uh, it's a big difference, though. It's a big difference. Mm. I mean, but okay, I also want to say that 
um, it this this method is not without its uh, drawbacks because it could also be like let me can take this as a as a army training point of view like let's say you you told the cadets that uh, you wanted them to camo off in one and a half minutes right and and the approach was to slowly decrease the number it wouldn't make sense for them to camo on camo off camo on camo off camo on camo off four times just to meet like just to just so that you can meet a one minute timing yeah it's like i don't know if you get what i mean it's it's, it's it, yeah it's wasting uh, time now if you don't cut it down immediately down to one minute yeah i mean not only that but it's like like now we are meeting the timing for the sake of meeting the timing rather than or rather we are redoing for the sake of meeting the timing rather than redoing because we are incompetent i, I don't know if you see the difference it's quite a subtle difference but yeah yeah but i think the only places that added emphasis on the timings because the timings have a part to play in your competence mm, yeah, you know what i mean true. it's kind of melded together especially here like, in the army outside uh timings don't matter as long as the competency is there but mm. over here it's it's really just part and parcel okay everything I, has to have a timing yeah okay, i can't hear what you mean okay i mean frame it that way it, it seems a bit more reasonable to get him to do it again uh, yeah okay yeah i mean i, I like that i like that um i like that approach uh, which is to slowly incrementally decrease the uh, or increase the difficulty so that they are i don't know eased into the standard yeah, yeah. But i think one other thing to note is that when we do this we don't uh like if you see it on on a on a ladder of the at the top of the ladder the uh, optimal lowest timing fastest timing la, that they could hit and they're all the way at the bottom of the ladder um, the point to be made is that you don't um, you don't frame it such that they are at the bottom but more like uh, the goal is at the top mm. you know so it's not so much of a and I think the army does this a lot la. the army frames it as you are shit and mm. you are trash and you are at the bottom but uh, I think it will Okay, maybe not. Maybe in a non-army context, especially, it would be a lot better if, if you frame it as this is something that you can achieve. You know, this is a uh, this is this is something that's been done before, and you can you can definitely go for it if you want to, uh, rather than it being a, uh, something that you can never achieve at this point in time with your current trash standards. You know, it's it's about the framing, lah. I think that's another thing that that mm. as an instructor you got to know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the the way you get them to look at the situation. I guess. I mean, the reason why we make the distinction between army and non-army is because, well, the army is it's 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 tr it's, it's to train you on toughness, um, and so like like nobody goes to to uh, nobody goes to a, a seminar uh, to be trained <laughs> on toughness. Everybody just wants there for the just go there for the knowledge. Um, but yeah. the army, there's there's a, there's a level of uh, uh, mental fortitude that, that is required. So, you know, I mean, if you if you can't take the, if you can't take this this putting down of yourself, this discouragement, um, yeah, then then I would say that army hasn't done its job. Uh, yeah, you need to. I don't know. It, it's 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 just part of the part of the experience of army, I guess. Mm. It's the army thing, lah. It's, it's the way. <laughs> <laughs> the way. 
Yeah, it's the army way. No, but I can totally imagine some inchik coming up to me when I propose this and then telling me, so that's never going to work. You know, that's, that's rubbish. Just give them the absolute lowest timing possible and watch them go ham. You know, and just watch them try and, uh, and, and go and achieve it. Mm. But I think this works maybe on... Okay, not, not, not to, to sound like that, but maybe on more mature people. Because if you give them that lowest timing, right, if they were super mature, then they would own self uh, put increments on their on their own timings. Like, for example, uh, if remember the five minute, one minute thing? Mm. Yeah, if you gave me that one minute timing, uh, and if I went from five minutes, 4.30, 4.30, uh, I wouldn't be so burnt out, you know, and I wouldn't feel like it's an unreasonable timing if I was more mature, mm. you know? So it kind of depends on your audience too. If 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 it is just you know eighteen year old army kids, sorry twenty year old army kids, then uh, yeah sure uh, you can you you should break it up into increments and and do that kind of thing where you encourage them. Whereas if it's probably like I don't know commandos or like you know uh, these these kind of guards kind of people, you could really just throw them the timing and it might even work better mm. uh, to see how they wanna. They have the freedom to choose how they want to achieve that timing. You know, so I guess it depends on your audience too, or who you're dealing with. Right. And I think, I mean, it, it, it kind of follows this like brute force kind of method that the army likes to implement, which is like, like I, I push as, as hard as I can uh, in a certain direction and hope for the best. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... I guess the like one of the benefits that I can see from this is that it's it's fast, like it gets results quickly, because of the the like the, the high intensity and level of stress that you are uh, imposed. I mean, you see, if you if you use the incremental method, right, there is a tendency to take it slow, or at least um, there there is no sense of urgency when when it comes to it. It's more like you know, let me see how I can do it better here. Let me see how I can mm. do it better there, rather than oh shit, I gotta do everything I can right now, right, yeah. right this instant. You know, I'm gonna die, kind of thing. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Then I think it depends on, uh, as an instructor, what is your aim? You know, if your aim is really for them to, uh, see that they have a lot to improve on. Like for example, if they deploy a pista in one hour, then I will just tell them like a, a stupidly low timing. Mm. And this will like completely just wake up their idea, you know. Mm. Versus if if they're already at a pretty low timing, and I want them to pick on those nitty gritty bits, then okay lah. Then I'll give you incremental timings. But I guess it's not just about who you're dealing with, but also about what your what mm, your aim your is. is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, if 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 the timing is never in the like never something to achieve, then. Then go right ahead and giving an unrealistic timing because yeah. that's not what you're trying to train. Yeah, I think for me, my, my hope, my main takeaway la, is, um, I would say what we said at the end, which is what you're trying to achieve. Uh, which I guess as as a closing remark, uh, a closing, I guess, um, analysis of how our Samex and maybe by extension the entire uh, course was run. I just felt like there was a lack of vision. Uh, a lack of direction in terms of what we wanted to see out of them, yeah. Because yeah. every week just felt like, ah, let's come here and see how we can, uh, how we can whack them or how we can, uh, do the same training but more entertaining, rather than you know, um, I have these three months, 
uh, and every week I want to improve on something and at the end of the three months in the SUMEX I want to see it culminated into this and then within the SUMEX itself you know uh, what the first mission is intended to achieve what the second mission is intended to achieve what we want to see at the end of the day and how we're going to uh, go about doing that lah. yeah yeah that's so true you know I feel like it was just a uh, we need to push them we just need to push them mm. but there was it was just such a one-dimensional push you know there wasn't any depth to it there wasn't any understanding of like how or where what part that's true yeah and and in some sense this mindless pushing means that even where there are areas that uh, they would have met our expectations otherwise we don't acknowledge it so there is no like okay good job guys you you actually made this timing so well done keep it up um yeah it was just uh whack 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 that kind of thing mm. yeah so i guess takeaway for me is to uh have an angle in mind la. Or, or at least some met- some way of measuring your progress some some metric to to at least show that you're on track or whoever you're guiding is moving in the right direction um, and then from there stems your approach what you do um, and how you do it yeah yeah I think along the same lines for me I guess it would be to uh, see what what am I what am I exactly going for that particular day or that particular week uh, and also to see who I'm working with I feel like I could have been a bit more personal with the way that I uh, went about doing things and, and not say scolding but criticizing them like uh, like for example people who are really really soft like Chini uh, or just really really quiet people uh, it should have been a a different approach to like compared to people who would just like take shit and be okay with it like like maybe Isaac who would just like push through no matter what you know yeah it had to be a different approach and I, I definitely didn't do that lah. should have thought mm. about that should have had this conversation a bit earlier lah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just sign on AFTC lah, then next course we will no choice we'll yeah. be the course commander's next course yeah, but actually right if you if you think about it uh Remember how you're th- thinking like with certain things you you just want to mindlessly push, you just give a low timing, but that kind of is the whole point sometimes. Like camo on, camo off. Nobody is training competency, you know. <laughs> yeah, y- you're true. just you're just training mindlessly, and it kind of kind of is the whole point of the the camo is it's literally just an avenue for them to whack you. Yeah, so I guess for that for, for mindless things, then yeah, I think it'd be more valid to give like stupid timings lah. But if it's kind of like system deployment, then okay lah, it'd be a bit more reasonable. You can always argue that uh, in the jungle you need to build a camo on in one minute so that enemy no, doesn't no, see you. No, no, no. Don't give me some Han Yong shit, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I get what you mean. Yeah, man. Okay. Alright. I think uh, it's fitting the end here. Uh, thanks for spending this yeah. 45 minutes with me to uh, yeah, just talk through you know, our experience in some acts and yeah, wrestle with the idea of unfair criticism. Uh, yeah, and it's effects yep, on people. That was pretty fun. Thanks, yeah, Ben. No problem. And uh, for, for whoever is uh, listening, I mean, if you made it this far, thank you for making it this far. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and I hope it's been a beneficial conversation for you to hear. 
Uh, if not, I will see you in the, ne- in the next episode of the Extreme Exchange Season 3. Bye-bye. Bye.